This is the On Tour with Chris Lee podcast, episode 14. I have a very special episode for you guys today. Our very own Paul De La Serta joins us. Here we go. Here comes Mr. Lee. 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 Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. Hi. Allison is back with us yet again. I am back. This is three weeks in a row. Thank you for joining us wherever you are, wherever you're listening on, whether it be SoundCloud or Apple iTunes, or if you're watching us on YouTube. Hello there. It's nice to see you. Uh, Christmas is over. You can't see them. You said it's nice to see you. You can't see them. I see everyone. Al. That's creepy. I can see everybody. That's weird. So yes. Christmas is over. We survived. We did. We're majorly in debt now. No, we're not. We're losing the house. We're losing. <laughs> we're going to lose the farm. No, we're not. Everybody's. And you know what? I didn't have that depressing feeling after Christmas. I didn't. It was nice. Really? No, I didn't. Are we going to prolong Christmas? Is that maybe we why? Are. You know, I read an article last night when I couldn't sleep that said mm. that Dolly Parton celebrates or decorates the day after Thanksgiving and celebrates and keeps all of her decorations up until her birthday, which is January 19th. I think we should do Dolly style this year. Keep the Christmas decorations up until, until her birthday, January 19th. Until Dolly's birthday. What do you, what kind of decorations do you put up for Dolly Parton's birthday? Just inflatable balloons. <laughs> Shiny, fantastic inflatable balloons. Yeah. Because she's sounds great. fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. But I do want to say to all those living in Nashville and all those affected, we are thinking of you guys and we are praying for y'all. Yeah. Nashville has had a tough year, I will Jeez. say that, along with the rest of the the country, but especially Nashville, from tornadoes to this bomb. Yeah, what else? they had something else that happened that was drastic this year. What was it? Was it flooding? No, uh, flooding was back when, when we, we lived, lived there. there. They just had a horrible year. But yeah, bad anyway, year for Nashville. An incredible brave. city. And yes, so they are Nashville strong for yeah. sure. But thinking of y'all. But yeah, Our, so now we got New Year's coming up. Yeah. And we may get snow. You read the percentage though. You said it was twenty percent to zero percent chance of snow. Yeah, <laughs> That's no so depressing. No accumulate accumulation whatsoever. Which you know, if it freaking stuck, if we had snow on the ground in Austin, that would be unbelievable. Be people unheard of. Would freak yeah. the hell out. All the global warming people would just lose their shit. Yes, it'd be interesting. So, I think we just stay comfy, cozy, and watch. Or prepare. Maybe we rewatch Cobra Kai and prepare for season three the following day. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't watching Cobra Kai, you better get on that. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Are you ready for these kids to go back to school? Are you sick of them? No. I like them. I like them too. But this is a tough time of year for having the kids around the house because all year, anytime we want to get away, this, you bring this up all the time. It's important to me. And you are taken care of. I don't feel very taken care of right now. Anytime we want to sneak away for a little alone time, we always tell the kids, we're going to go talk about Christmas. 
So this time we should say. And now you can't. You can what say, are we going to go tell them we're going to talk about Christmas right now? A year away? We can say we're planning our trip to Great Wolf Lodge. Boom. Uh, that sets a, a faulty expectation. And they're going to be wondering when we're going to go to Great Wolf Lodge. I don't know. It just doesn't work. I just don't know what to tell you. I'm very excited about this show. Um, Weird conversation. Not just because we're going to have someone else besides Allison on here, but because it's Paul. Paul De Lacerda. For those of you that have never met him or have not, that you don't follow along the whole um, touring train with the Granger Smith team, Paul is our longtime videographer photographer, video director. He does everything. And he's my busmate, or he's been my busmate for years. We've traveled on our little bus where it's just bull driving, Granger, myself, and Paul. That was the team. For years. For years. And uh, yeah, I miss I miss touring, but I miss having my, bu- my busmate, seeing him every day. Oftentimes, for many years, I've seen him more than I've seen you. I know. He's just the nicest, nicest man in the entire world. So, and you and Paul have the exact same humor in TV. Yeah. So. He's great. Yes. Well, let's get into it. With no further ado, Mr. Paul De La Serta. All right. Welcome back to episode 14 of the On Tour with Chris Lee podcast I have, this is a very special episode. This is so special. Nothing personal <laughs> to you, Al. You do a good job He always says good. Like, it's never great, but you know, this is... This is week number three that I've kept her around, and she's doing a pretty good job, <laughs> but now it's time to bring the big guns in. Right. This is a very special episode for us. One of my good friends and fellow busmates for years, Mr. Paul De La Serta, joins us today. How you doing, Polly? Yo, what it do? I'm doing just fine here at my office here in San Antonio. Yeah, I was just, before we jumped on here, I was looking, you're such a perfectionist when it comes to video and lighting and everything, and I'm looking at this room here, and the folks on YouTube will be able to see this, but you've got the nice backlighting back there, what looks like a a super a Lombardi trophy. Yeah, he won. That you won somewhere, I guess. Congratulations. Fantasy football 2019. <laughs> That's not, the fantasy. not to brag. Really? Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Y'all go all out. I've never won a fantasy football league, so I don't I don't know what those trophies look like. <laughs> then you've got a drone back there, you've got a couple cameras, and then you've got a lot of uh, videotapes. That just that looks like Paul's world. It's a happy world. Yeah, it's actually it's actually a bunch of books here. And then that's my very first drone that I've ever bought. Okay. So I I didn't sell that. I decided to keep it. And then that's my very first camera that I actually used with you guys back in 2013. Okay. Yeah. So that those have a lot of good memories that brought me to where I am today. So decided to keep them, display them. And what is Mission Park? Sorry that that picture. Oh yeah, chick. Who's that? There's a poster here. It's it's called. (laughs) <laughs> it's a movie that I worked on, the very first project that I worked on in my career called Mission Park, and it was a movie that was shot here in San Antonio. Long story, sh- long story short, um, I was introduced with an opportunity to be a part of the production, and um, the director actually hired me to be his assistant, mm-hmm. and that was my very first time on set, no experience whatsoever, 
And that pretty much changed the course of my entire career. I met so many people in that industry, in the film industry here in San Antonio. And at the time I was like, man, I have to move to LA or New York to be a part of, you know, film world. And no, I actually met an arsenal of people that live in San Antonio, Austin, Texas. And I was like, what? That's a thing in Texas? Had no idea. And and so that's pretty much what changed my life forever was that movie. So that's why I have it up here in display to remind me where I came from. That's yeah. so cool. I, I never would have guessed until meeting you that Austin or San Antonio would be such a hub for video creators and, you know, the the movie scene. Yeah, Austin for sure is up there. Dallas and Houston. San Antonio in the nineties was very was the golden years. You had um mm-hmm. you had Selena that was made, a lot of Tejano music videos, which at the time, you know, you're, these are over a hundred thousand dollar budget music videos. Yeah. Um what's that other one with Sandra Bullock? Uh, uh Miss Hope Floats. Not the fir- uh Miss Con Oh, oh miscongeniality. Yes, yes. Um, that was shot here too. Ace Ventura was shot here. <laughs> Love it. Top five. <laughs> but yeah, um, Ace Ventura was shot here, and then really? things Ace just started Ventura to change. Was? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a warehouse here yeah. that they shot a lot of no. scenes here. The first one. I think it was the first. I think the first and the second. There were scenes that were shot here, okay. like the warehouse scene where like the dolphins. I think. Yeah. Um. Um, the village in part two, they yeah. built the village outside of San Antonio and this ranch that. out here that they oh, still yeah. use it for commercials and stuff. But, but yeah, man, it was a prime time in the nineties and then it kind of declined over time. And then, um, now it's just trying to pick up again, yeah. but you know, with COVID and all, everything just kind of chilled out. It's more, it's more so commercials here now. Um, but it's a really, really tight group. Yeah. So cool. So, so you started with us 2013, which wasn't long after I started. I started yeah. June 3rd. And I remember this is so funny and pitiful. But when Paul started with us, we were in the one bus and we didn't have a bunk for him. <laughs> so Aww, he would Polly. sleep in the back lounge. So he was at the mercy, his sleeping every night was at the mercy of whatever guitar player or whoever was up being loud or getting drunk or whatever. So he had to kind of sleep around that. Plus I think a lot of us kept some of our luggage back there and you had to maneuver that stuff around. Yeah. And then also we were up North. Um, was it roughly December? I think. Right. Yeah. And it was really cold, and I didn't know that there was heaters oh, in the back. No. So I was freezing oh, in the back <laughs> until Todd told me, there, dude, there's heaters. And I was like, oh, we have a day left. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. Oh, no. Alive. Wait, so good, how did Granger find you? Because I always feel like Granger's been a little bit ahead of a curve or a trend. He kind of finds, thinks, you know, way ahead of things before it actually happened. So when he found you, I thought, this is so cool. And... You have documented everything and have captured every moment. And it's how did yeah. he find you? So I actually found him. Um, so this goes back to 2011, 12-ish. Hey, y'all um, gotta shut up down there. <laughs> Be quiet. That's so professional. <laughs> Sorry. Please continue. <laughs> so this was... Um, after like three, four years in the commercial industry, working on sets and stuff, um, 
at that time, Texas country to me was like very huge. Mm -hmm. Like you had like Josh Abbott, Kyle Park, all these guys that were selling out these venues. And, um, you know, at that time I was like a really huge fan. I love to go dancing, love to go out with friends and all that. And, um, I was thinking, I was like, man, who's making these music videos for these guys? Like they have to have some kind of budget. And I've always been a huge fan of music videos. And so, um, one day I decided to just start reaching out to, to all these artists and they have the Texas music charts, which is like the billboard music charts of Texas country. And so I basically emailed the top 40 in that list. And in that top 40 was Granger. And after emailing people for months and trying to say, hey, you know, I have this experience. This is a music video that I did. Um, Would love to see if you guys are interested. Um, I say 80% of the time I got no response. Mm -hmm. And if I did get a response, it was very vague. Like, okay, cool. Thanks. Or we don't need anyone. And I would research like who needs a music video. And I, and I saw Granger on there and I looked him up and I was like, oh, wow, like his music videos are really good. There's no way he's going to need, you know, someone else. But I still emailed him and Tyler responded. But his response was to me, it felt like he paid attention. Like It wasn't just a simple like, OK, thanks. It was like a nice paragraph. And I was like, OK, cool. Like I got his interest somehow. So I'm just going to keep every time I do a new video, I'll send him a new one. And so that happened for a couple months. And then one day Tyler emailed me and it said, hey, we're, we sold out in the Northwest for the first time ever. Uh, we're going to go on tour out there and we're looking for a videographer to capture all this. Do you know anybody? And at that time, um, work, was, work was low. Like I, I didn't have any productions or anything. And um, you know, I had some school loans that I had to pay. And I was like, God, I need this job. And I was like, hey, I'm in. Let's do it. And that's that was the first tour that I went with you guys. Um, they asked you if you knew anybody. Oh yeah, that's Tyler. And that, they, he's, he's done <laughs> that with Tyler. everyone. Everyone oh, yeah. that is in that camp, he's always asked them, "Hey, we're looking for a bass player, Johnny. Do you know anybody?" I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. Me? yeah, I think they wanted us to fight for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, man. Without the rest asking is history. you directly. Yeah. yeah, I remember that first run too. That was that was really magical because it was like I had such a low expectation mm-hmm. at the time. During that year, I was like, "Oh, Texas country artist Granger, we're gonna go play some clubs in the Northwest, and you know, hopefully a few people will show up." But nobody's really heard of him up there. And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, every show sold out!" It was such an exciting time and. What I know, you went to UT, and I'm I'm representing today. We have the bowl game tonight. Yes, sir. Alamo, Alamo Bowl. But at what point did you? Because you were majoring in accounting, right? I was actually majoring in computer science. Computer and science. I, re- I really enjoyed it. I really did. Um, yeah. I was doing videos on the side with friends in my dorm, and it was just for fun. Okay. I was using Windows Movie Maker, if anybody know out there. Mm. It's a really old editing software. And um, it was just for fun, man. I was just having a good time. And and a lot of my friends were like, man, you're really good at this. Like, you should try to do this for a living. And at the time, you know, this is 2007. You know, technology was so different then. YouTube was a new thing. You know, Instagram was barely new, I guess. Um, And I was like, ah, no, I don't. I need to move to L.A. and. New York City for that, you know, and I don't want to do that. I don't care for that. 
you know, because I I didn't grow up like, oh, I love movies. It's my passion. I didn't really watch much growing up, you know, Uh, a lot of classic films that people were like, oh, my God, you never seen that movie like Jurassic Park or something like that. That's an extreme example. I've seen that. But okay, I was about to say, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, um, what's the one with Tom Hanks where he's on the bench? Uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah. Yeah. I've never fully seen the movie. I've only seen bits of it. His favorite movie, movie Paul. <laughs> you guys yeah. are like movie buddies, yes. <laughs> but yeah, my my dad, like I would always say, look, my dad didn't say, mijo, you have to watch Forrest Gump. He's this hardcore Mexican dude. He's like, get the damn lawnmower and start cutting the grass, you know? <laughs> so I didn't grow up watching stuff, but I was like, yeah, I'll try. You know, computer science was fun, but I just didn't have a passion for it. Yeah, Like, I had a blast coding and making this robot move, but I was like, I don't care, whatever. And so um, I ended up transferring to the RTF program, Radio Television Film Mm -hmm. at UT, and I was told that it was a very difficult program to get into. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get permission from the dean himself, which was awesome because I was showing him the stuff that I was doing for fun. And then I got into it. And so I started to learn so much a whole different perspective on just filming itself and being on set and stuff like that. And, and, uh, it just opened up a whole world of opportunities and possibilities. Right. And I fell in love with it instantly. It was just like a passion. I didn't know I had until I was presented with it. That's so interesting. What was that conversation like when you, you went to your folks and they were, they knew you were going going to a great school, probably the greatest school in the nation. And you're studying (laughs) computer science, computers i can't even obviously i didn't get accepted i can't even get a sentence out you're choking up for me yeah but you're majoring in computer science and you're looking at going that direction as a career and you say hey mom and dad i actually want to do videos for a living was that a i want to move to la or i want to spend some time in new york was that a difficult conversation or were they just hey follow your dream it was because they don't understand it Mm -hmm. right even today, they still have a little bit of difficulty understanding what I do fully. Yeah. Um, even computer science, they just knew, oh, computer is cool. You know, um, I think they were just proud because I moved to a different city and I was going to a big school, big college. Yeah. And um, my brother, my older brother did went to college, but he stayed in San Antonio. Yeah. And then my sister, she went to college, but she didn't get to finish Um so this was like a new adventure for them. You know, I was the last kid. Yeah. So they were just excited for me to go there. Ultimately, in the end, they're very supportive. They're like, you know what you're doing. We we believe in you. You know, we, we have your support. We don't understand what that is, but, you know, do what you got to do. Um, yeah. You know, because at that time, like, who wants to be a video- videographer wasn't even a, a, a thing. You know, exactly. it was just you're on set yeah. and you, you do a certain job, you know, and that you- was it. And. No one knows that in San Antonio at the time, you know, it wasn't a big deal, I guess. You were the first one I met, mm-hmm. the traveling videographer. I had no idea that was a, that was a thing. And I'm like, who is this guy riding the bus with us now? And before you know it, we're moving to a second bus and you and I are, are bus mates. <laughs> and I know this is going to sound silly and maybe a little bit gay, but I remember... <laughs> I would lay in my bunk awesome. and Paul's yeah. Paul's bunk was directly across from mine. Mm-hmm. And no matter where we were or how concerned I was about the weather or si- outside or anything like that, 
I could always peel my curtain open and see Paul sleeping over there. And I always felt just a little bit better about things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's Paul. There's my buddy. There's I was a, always like, he's our Joey face. Tribbiani. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the same way too, Chris. I, I actually felt safe. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not alone in here. <laughs> You're probably wanting me there. to stop snoring as well, though, too. You do. Oh, man. But it's There's so many noises on the road. Like, that's like <clears throat> a lullaby to me. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a but serious one. I've thought so much. You know, I always think about the dynamic of being on the road and traveling with 11 other people and how that could be straining at times. And I think... You know, there's different personalities, and you're hoping everybody meshes well and everything. And as long as I've known you, which is seven years now, I've never known you to have an ill word towards anyone. You and don't take offense to this, Allison, but you're <laughs> genuinely. I feel like you're the most liked person I've ever known in my life, and I I really mean that. And I don't know what it is. If you're maybe you're high all the time or something that I don't, I don't know about. <laughs> I never see you smoke, but. But I have never met a person, especially in our band and crew, that has ever had an issue with Paul. So you're like, if you could take the perfect personality to put on the road, that would be it. Because you get into circumstances where you're 11 days deep into a tour, and you're around the same people all the time. And as you know, you've seen it, tensions run high, people get into arguments, they get on each other's nerves, and then you have somebody like Polly here, Mm-hmm. It's like he's just the nice little buffer between everybody and, yeah, but, and never gets into any confrontations. No, but what I've always noticed about any conversation I've ever had with you on the road or when you're coming off the road or whether y'all are at a date in town or whatever, is every conversation always comes back to you're just grateful in that moment in time. And I often pray to stay in the moment and be filled with gratitude but life gets in the way, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to get in your way. You're always grateful for the job that you have, being able to do what you do, to capture what you're doing. It's just, you're always thankful. And I think that's why you're so liked is because you make people feel good for where they are. I think so, work work you. ethic, yeah, well said. I think work ethic is a big part of that too. Yeah. Because I remember, now I would get up before you in the morning. But I mm-hmm. get up before a lot of people. I'm just an early riser. Mm-hmm. But I remember you would be up into all hours of the night editing these videos. I, I got to get this done for you. He doesn't talk like that. <laughs> he always makes that voice when he says, when he describes you like that's you're kind of Speedy a, Gonzalez. I'm like, no, he doesn't talk. That's like kind that. of an inside joke okay. in our camp. But we always give someone a voice. Like yes. everybody yeah. has a voice. Yeah. And uh, that's Paul's. We gave him... Speedy Gonzalez. A Speedy so Gonzalez, which is not Speedy accurate. Gonzalez. You're not Speedy I've been Gonzalez. working on these videos all night. <laughs> I'm so tired. That's what it sounds like. But anyway, I, I think it's... It was always a fun dynamic having you out on the road and everything. And, and I mean, Johnny's okay to have as a bus mate, I guess. You know, he's all right. <laughs> Sweet Shout Johnny. Out to Johnny. Again, Chris. <laughs> That's Johnny's voice. Hey, buddy. Yeah. That's Johnny. Hey, buddy. You want to play some video games? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Um, oh. I, I, I think I like to thank my parents for that, for sure, especially the whole work ethic and just being thankful for where I am and knowing their story and what they've been through in order to, to be here. 
to give me the opportunity to to do what I do, you know, to have that freedom. Um, just knowing that is a way to push me to better myself, you know, for my future, for my kids' future. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I say I give them 100% of that, the whole work ethic. I mean, growing up, I I was doing a lot of work stuff on the side helping them, you know, just to mm-hmm. put food on the table. And um, I think that gave me an interesting perspective on on life because I just thought it was just a part of who I am. Or, you know, you don't know anything other than what, you know, your parents present in front of you. But, right. um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to thank them for that, for sure. Um, the gratefulness, the work ethic, all that, definitely from them. Yeah. That's cool. So I know, I know this is, and I know you have a passion for touring video and everything, but I've, I've thought for a long time, this guy's bigger than this. He's, he's, he's more talented than just being a videographer. Not that that's a, a small task or anything like that, but what has this kind of transpired? Uh, what's, what else has transpired for you? I know you're running your own company now. And you guys are doing like all kinds of stuff. I know you've done music videos. Um, you're doing tour mm-hmm. videography as well, but you're also doing commercials and you're even weddings. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before to tour videography, um, like you said earlier, I it wasn't really a thing. You know, it's a, it was a brand new job description. Um, before that, my passion was just being on set. Like this, right. just, that's just a whole different feeling of just being with a group of people creating this one image. Like mm-hmm. so much thought and work and hours just for this image. You know, it. it right. I just appreciated that that feeling. And so, um, tour videography at the time, like I'm gonna be 100 percent honest, I didn't have a job. Like job was the jobs in San Antonio were very low at that time. And I was in des- desperation for something. And I was like, okay, well, this is cool. Let's let's try it. You know, I need the money. It's a different experience. Um, Granger has great music. He had good music videos. Let's try it. And so I think with anybody, the opportunity was there. It presented itself. And I was like, okay, well, how do I grow from this? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Granger started calling me more and more. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, let me tackle this. This is brand new. You know, I've always been interested in music videos. Maybe one day he'll give me an opportunity to do it. <clears throat> and and that's pretty much how it, my passion to like directing started. I, I, I never wanted to be a director. The, the stress behind that is extreme. And it's like, I, at that time, I was like, man, I love to edit. Like I edited a couple movies. I helped out the director who did this one. I help edit his other movie which it's a whole different ball game from videography because yeah. everything is detailed like you have your script and you're like okay this scene has to happen at this moment like it's all presented videography is like here's the content make something it's a whole different way of thinking creatively like creatively i don't know if that's a word a yeah, whole different way of now. thinking it on is today creating, <laughs> on creating a video you know so yeah. um and i'm I'm actually thankful for learning that way because now if I'm on the set and something happens, I'm able to think right away, mm-hmm. okay, let's try to do it this way, you right. know, because videography is like, you're on the go, you're on the go. You have to, you have to make a decision right away and hoping that you get the, the content that you need for the video. Right. So I learned a lot through 
tour videography. Um, I love it for sure. But now, since a lot of things have changed, um, I, I, I really miss being on set. And that's the direction that I'm heading towards now is helping yeah. my production company to get these big clients to where we're doing commercials or any kind of other videos, real estate, whatever comes our way. Um, um, with the weddings, we want to do destination weddings um, and owning those like not no offense to the other guys, but not the small weddings. But, you know, we only get one or two or three a year. And it's like we're going to Barbados or we're going to some island or something, you know, yeah. big product. So that's to go with all that with the company um, and especially the commercials where we hopefully get, you know, a, a, a massive client mm-hmm. and we're yeah. doing content for them, just like how I'm doing with Granger. Sure. Um, it's just another backup plan too, you know, um, right. especially with everything that's happening. How many people do you employ on these bigger projects, like a commercial or a, a big wedding? So I would say this one big project we worked on this year. No, not this year. Was it this year? Earlier this year before the whole COVID thing, yeah. it was around 20. 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know and it's that was always... Like producers. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're doing a music video for Granger, I'm always, I'm like, where are all these people come from? <laughs> There's a ton <laughs> of people that come, and that seems like a, a very um, comfortable and natural situation for you. Mm-hmm. It's different than what I'm used to seeing on the road, because on the road, it's Paul, and he's wearing all black, and he's running around chasing Granger with a camera and everything, and on these video sets, it's like, Paul's got his shirt tucked in. He's barking orders <laughs> to everybody. He's directing. Yeah, it's a... But you seem very natural in that habitat. Yeah, I think it was a learned learned behavior or experience, you know? Um, yeah. Like I said earlier, I, I did not want to direct at all. I was like, hell no. I don't have that kind of creativity in my head at all. You yeah. know, like... And, and it just kind of like... Like it was presented to me. And I was like, let's try it. Sure. And I fell in love with it, you know? Um, yeah. I don't think I want to just be a director for this my life, but if a project comes up to where I'm interested in, I'll definitely direct. But, but yeah, it, it, and you know, it takes, it takes a village for sure to run, you know, a project like that. You were there for the, the live um, performance for that Kane Brown show. Remember? Yeah, that was awesome. And we had like a lot of people, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a lot of people there that was working on that set. Um, and that was cool because I was able just to direct and I don't have to just do 10, 20 different things at once, you know? Yeah. Um, with a lot of times with Granger's music videos, um, it's usually just a handful of us working on it because right. it's a run and gun type shoot. In other words, like we have an idea, we have a scene. All right, you're going to walk here and I'm just going to film and try to get that moment, you know? Yeah. It's a run and gun as opposed to like an actual commercial set where it's like every shot was thought of beforehand. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly you're talking about that live performance for those of y'all that don't, don't know, basically Kane Brown, uh, did this concert that was broadcasted in drive-in movie theaters across the country. Uh, he asked his friend Granger to be on it. Um, so Granger played as the opening act. So basically people would drive in in their cars, they'd watch a concert. Granger was the opening act and then Kane followed. So Paul and his team shot this performance at the Yee Farm 
And what amazed me is the the time. Like we had about a week notice, mm-hmm. and you had your team and all this gear at the farm, ready to go, shot it, everything was done, audio was mixed, and everything like a week later. It was just such a a quick turnaround time. And I think about that when I hear Mission Impossible is taking like three or four years to make. And yeah, Tom Cruise yeah. is flipping out on set and everything. I'd love to see one of those moments from you, you flipping out on set because you're not, <laughs> Please not flip out. Mask. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> and document it. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't blame Tom Cruise for doing that, man. No. Millions and millions of dollars are at stake along with people's lives Families. according to him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. Families and stuff, you know, food on the table and all that jobs, job yep. security. So yeah, it's like, uh, it's a little awkward, but at the same time, Tom Cruise. <laughs> and yeah. that's his franchise. I mean, like his mm. name, that's his name, man. Well, besides continuing to develop your company and, and, and get bigger and bigger and more notoriety, what's the, what's the dream goal for you? Hmm. Business. Man, that's a, I, I know you want to have yeah. kids and all that good stuff. No, like Oscar too, winning. But, but is it <laughs> documentary is it directing a movies? Is it? doing a big documentary or I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a tough question now. Um, I've always been like just present at the moment, you know, and I I do have those goals where it's like, I I wish to work on a major documentary or work on a major film or TV series or something that gets, you know, bought by Netflix or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, definitely that's a goal. I don't know if that's the end goal. Yeah. Um, it's the same with us, you know, it's like, cool, we got a number one, what's the next thing? You know, I think it's just like, whatever opportunities present itself, tackle it, do the best you can, what's next, you know? Right. Um, But definitely, as far as like, what I want to do is, for sure, work on a a TV show or something like that, of that nature, um, to where my company is producing it, you know, where um, I'm not working for someone else, you know? But that's, yeah, that's, I say that's, it's definitely one of the goals for sure. Well, sky's the limit for you, man. Yeah. I've said this before. I'm a big fan of yours. And, and, uh, anytime I need advice on lighting, I know you're just picking apart this room right now. Like, oh, <laughs> what kind of camera is he using? What's the lighting like in there? But, uh, I, I truly believe, uh, God has some great things in store mm-hmm. for you and Rachel and BB. Can't leave the dog out. No way. <laughs> That's my dog. That's right. Like dog or dog. Yeah. Uh, those of you that want to reach Paul, his, his cell phone number? Yep. His cell phone number is uh, Instagram. It's at Frames by Paul. His company Instagram is at Encima Media, and that is spelled E N. C-I-M-A Media. Check him out. If you, I know we have some artists, up and coming artists that listen to this. Man, any type of content you can put out there these days, the better. I mean, this is a video world and, and socials are everything. And the quality, quality of video, as Paul can attest, means everything. And I watched a huge transformation of Granger's career mm-hmm. around that 2013 mark. Now, a lot of that was me, but also uh, the work that Paul was doing on video was a, a tremendous 
part of jump starting that career. And uh, it did. Yeah, I can't over uh, can't overemphasize that enough. It's huge. It helps when you have a great environment and great music. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. The music does have something to do with it these days. Uh, Paul, before you go, I think Rain would want me to tell you that you need some blue light glasses that just like Santa brought her for Christmas to protect your eyes and your brain from melting. Okay, because yeah. of all the. You know. If anybody needs those glasses, have you heard of these glasses? They protect your eyes from looking at the screen, computer That's screen all day. That's what she asked Santa Claus for, was yeah. blue light glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did some research on that, and I found out that for editors, especially mm-hmm. people who color, it can it can show you a different color that it's not oh. it's not the true color, basically. Um, and so I decided not to. I know it, it has benefits, but it's like... Ah, well she does kindergarten virtually so she has to look at technology and so she didn't want that to screw up her brain and melt her brain so she was desperate for santa to bring her so she looks at me and she's like i I don't want to be like him and she's like he's goner already (laughs) but i think she would want me to let you know that you need some blue light glasses i'm just kidding i got glasses because of editing see there you go had the blue light glasses (laughs) just kidding there you go well, thank you for talking with us. So yeah, good to see your happy you. face. Yeah, absolute yeah, pleasure. Guys. I hope we get to, I know I got to work with you a couple of weeks ago at the uh, truck giveaway. And that, and that oh, was, that was always good. It's but so uh, always good to see you, my, you know. I hope we get to buddy. do some <laughs> concerts here again sometime soon. Yeah, man. It's good to see you guys. I hope you guys yeah. are uh, doing well during these uh, interesting times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah likewise. Tell the, the family high for us. Yep. For sure. Okay. All right. We love you. You be good, okay? Happy New Year. Love y'all. We'll love you, Polly. You soon. Thanks for talking. All right. Bye-bye. Peace. Well, that's going to do it for episode 14 of the On Tour with Chris Lee podcast. A special thank you to Mr. Paul De La Serta for being a part of this show. Thank you guys for watching and for listening. Um, if you don't subscribe to the channel, to the Chris Gaines comedy YouTube channel, please do so. I would greatly appreciate the support, uh, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else where they have podcasts. So thank you guys very much for your support. I really appreciate it. I'm excited about, uh, what's in store for us for 2021. Hopefully that involves concerts because I miss seeing you guys and uh, man, we got to get back out there. So thank you guys very much for tuning in again. God bless you. We'll see you next time. I'll take care. Here comes Mr. Lee. 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 Lee.